this one. I really like the sour. The, the sour beer was better than either of these meads. sour beer at Griffin's house, right? Oh, that was a Goza. <sighs> yeah, yes. So that's like a the tip of the iceberg for sour beers. And this one's much the more sour. The tip of the iceberg, what do you mean? Like it's a good Goza. <laughs> yeah, it's just the tip. Whoa, Goza's like that. a... Well, that's going to spill. Be very careful. Goza's like an in-between. Yeah. Like it's pretty mild in terms of oh, how like sour it like can a, get. Do you want to get into sour? You want to get into sour beers? You could try a goza. Regina Beach, and you're listening to Saturn Returns, a podcast about life changes, events, and challenges with a clear before and after. This week, we touch on ex-boyfriends, brews, and transformation through fermentation. We've been doing a little tour of Cleveland for the day, and Gina carried them very graciously to our table for us. Gina's good at. Um, stepping up to the plate when no one else wants to do the thing. That's scary. These are really beautiful colors. We they this, are really beautiful. Like, this one's kind of looks like champagne. And this one, what would you say, like an amber color? Yeah. And what about this one? Um, it kind of looks like cranberry juice or like s- syrup, like cough syrupy. And this one? Uh, uh, honestly, it kind of looks like pee. This looks like after I drink a lot of lactose and I'm lactose intolerant, something that may come out of me. And that one all really beautiful. looks like a nice bourbon color, almost like a like, like a nice little reddish brown. Yeah, it's in a nice little <laughs> fancy it, like a fernet cup. That and one also a had a very strong taste. This the the one that looks like pee. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, it has a strong smell. I haven't lived full time in Cleveland, Ohio, since I graduated high school over a decade ago. When I visit, it's usually for a long weekend or maybe a week of the holidays and always for a special event. Having three weeks of unstructured time to get reacquainted with my hometown was a joy. Cleveland's experienced a renaissance of sorts with winning sports teams, development downtown, an artist resurgence, and the opening of tons of new bars and restaurants, such as Bottle House Tap, a bar specializing in mead that I visited with my little sister, Mara, my friend from Chicago, Cynthia, and my childhood friend, Deborah. We were joined by Deborah's sister, Allison, as well. I brew beer. Marabou's kombucha, and our bartender, Sale, makes kimchi. All these foods, as well as others like cheese, yogurt, sourdough bread, rely on fermentation to be transformed. Yeast is responsible for breaking down and taking raw materials, turning them into food, alcohol, sustenance. A good metaphor for a podcast about transformation. There's a clear before and after. My name is Sal Miller, and I'm a bartender at the Bottle House. And can you please tell us what this one is? It had some spillage, but we all really <laughs> liked it a lot, and it's like a mystery, you know. That one's the Nocturne. It's a black currant cider. Oh, we really liked it. Yeah. And then what was this one? That was the Mystic. It's a, it's a French oak-aged traditional mead. So traditional mead just means that it's only made using water, honey, and yeast. We didn't like this one, so we don't like it traditional meads. It tastes a little bit like fermented. It was too intense for us. Yeah, it tastes a lot like, uh, we do like creme, br- creme brulee, vanilla, a lot of sweetness. Yeah, and I really liked I like this one. I the sour, too. You like the sour, too. It's pretty tart, right? Yeah, yeah it's it great. Is. And then, how long have you been working here? Uh, since 2013. And did you know a lot about mead and fermentation before you started working here? I got into fermentation when I moved out to San Diego. And I lived there for two years. And I started making my own kimchi. I'm not much into brewing, but I uh, I like it. So. Mira makes kombucha. Yeah, I just really? bottled and my I first batch beer. of kombucha. Yeah. What uh, what else do you put into your kombucha? 
Um, I haven't gotten into flavoring it yet. I just I just made my just first batch. batch. So yeah, just right now it's just the pure tea, but I think I'm gonna add ginger the next batch. Okay. Yeah. Did you what kind of tea did you use? I used oolong tea. Oolong tea, mm-hmm. sure, yeah, that's the most common way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just it's went very good, traditional though. the first route. Yeah, it went really well. Mm-hmm. Tastes really great. So did I'm really you use excited. Sugar or did you use syrup yeah. or um I used like organic cane sugar. That's good. I I tried to make my own kombucha and it turned out horribly. These are going good. They haven't exploded. Can, if you want, I could bring you a scoby. A mother? Mm-hmm. They mother. look like okay. a weird... It looks yeah. very strange, and at first I was very... Um, a little bit afraid, I guess, of it. But yeah. then, after a while, I, I've gained a lot of love towards my scobies. Like, the other day I just sat with them and just told them that I thought they were beautiful. I'm not kidding. Because <laughs> they keep growing, and they're just a live thing, you know? You're like, I love you even if you're super thick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can get so yeah. big, right? They I know. Get, like, they get big. really big. Do you put yeast in kimchi? A lot of times the fermentation comes from... Uh, like a shrimp paste, you use like a, but you, in order to do it vegan, you have to do it with a, like a starter. I didn't know. Yeah, you can do it in the fridge like that, and then there's other ones where you dig it into a, gra- a hole in the ground. Yeah, that's like the traditional yeah, method. Yeah, but like that's like, you know, I was actually in Nepal, and I was traveling around with these people, and they took us to, a, to their village, and um, they let us try their corn wine, and to ferment it, they used a... A shrub. They like took a natural growing shrub there and just put it into this corn and just cooked it. They cooked it. They cooked it and then fermented it with the shrub. Wow. It was like that's really cool. It was like really. It tasted really strange, but amazing at the same time. It was like what were you milky. doing? It was milky. I actually do audio. Do you really? Mm-hmm. I just started doing audio. I'm really? moving to Laos in a couple weeks. What? And so I'm starting a blog and a podcast to talk about people's, like, lives changing and, like, times when there was, like, a before and an after. And That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, experimenting with my new microphone and talking about these drinks. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're going to have a good time. You can't tell someone's backstory from looking at them. I would never know that our bartender spent time in Nepal nerds out about fermented food, or is also into audio production. My friend Cynthia recently graduated with a master's degree and got a new job, but it wasn't a direct path, and it certainly wasn't easy. Hi, I am Cynthia, and I'm here with Gina. Yeah, you excited for your new job? Going through menopause, just a little bit of life changes. Do you think you'll Uh, have fewer or more gray hairs now that you have a new job? Probably a lot more. But since it's headquartered in Denver, I might have a lot less because I will be so so much more relaxed because I'll be high. Do you think they're more (laughs) laid back in Denver than they are in Chicago? Yes, by like a lot. Like everyone is so chill that I feel like they're all about to nap mid-sentence and I really like it. So is that maybe why they didn't make you take a drug test? Yeah, there was no drug test. I mean... Can you explain what your job's going to be? I'll be doing PR for education clients. So... My clients will mostly be Fisher Price, uh, Navitus, which uh, it's an education company based in Australia that they're starting offices in the U.S. So we're helping them launch that, and then Unbounded, which helps give uh, underprivileged teachers and schools uh, materials so that all students can have the same level of materials, even if they can't afford it. And how was grad school before you got this job? How was that? Grad school was really good. It was actually my third time in grad school. Uh, third time's a charm. Do you and feel like it was more stressful than your previous program? No, I actually feel like it was super, like, just chill. And oh. I think it's because I 
was in grad school twice already at institutions that I feel like were much harder. And so, or maybe they weren't harder. Maybe I just have just done it twice before. Where did you just graduate from? Loyola University, Chicago. Before I was at New- NYU, and then I was at Northwestern. But yeah, you can like, what is it saying? Fall down seven times, get up eight. Yeah. I think that's great that you came back to Chicago, even though it didn't work out for you the first time around. Yeah, it was the only city that I was ever willing to go back to because every other city I've lived in, um, I you know I feel like I've been there, done that. But Chicago is the only one that felt like home, so I'm glad that I'm back. But home for you is really Florida, right? Is that where you grew up? That's where I grew up, but like it never felt like home ever, not even for a second. Oh yeah, I was in Hawaii for all that period of time when I was uh, between jobs, which is like a bummer's dream. Where Super- else have you surfed? Um, in California, but it, they were also pretty small, but they were much bigger than I've ever seen in Florida, and uh, and up and down the uh, east coast of Florida, Cocoa Beach and Smyrna. And that's why you bought this car. This yeah, giant I, I car. own my SUV because I was strapping surfboards to the roof of a Mitsubishi Mirage, and they were sliding off on the highway, and so. That led my parents to be like, let's look into a much bigger vehicle. And I ended up with Big Bertha, who has never led me astray. (laughs) And you're a really amazing parallel parker in that behemoth. Thanks. You should have seen me in Chinatown in New York parking that thing. I felt like I was like super, like just amazing. Tell me about your love life. My love life is non-existent. It existed many years ago. I feel like it's like a folklore now. (laughs) I don't date very much. I almost got married like five years ago. And it was very bizarre. Uh, I only dated the guy for a few months, and we almost got married because we were insane. Um, but after that, when that went uh, to shit, I uh, you can censor that. I don't know if you have curses in your podcast. Um, <laughs> after that, I sort of became maybe slightly bitter and slightly a little damaged. And so I, I really have not been open to relationships since then. Is it good? It's my favorite so far. What does it taste like? Uh, like fruity, but not super fruity, like not like a candy fruity. Oh, it was okay. super, super like amazing fairy tale. And then one day he just decided, you know what? I don't feel anything anymore. And was just like, I need some time apart so that I can think about what we're doing. And we were about to move in together. We actually picked out an apartment. Uh, we were picking out furniture too. And uh, so we were like right about to move in together. And then he just sent me a text it said, um, I need some time apart to figure things out. And it's like, dude, we're moving this fast because of you. It wasn't me. He's the one that wanted to get married really badly. And, uh, and after that text, he never talked to me ever again. Had he been married before? He's been engaged before that. And that also ended, uh, seems like very similar, where he just sort of just ghosted on her. Went away um, into the night. Yes. And when I went to his house to try and talk about like what happened, my belongings were in the front yard. It wasn't like you're getting dumped by a guy, like you're dating a guy and he dumps you and it's like, oh, that sucks. Like I was dating a guy that I was, I was going to marry. Like it was, it seemed kind of, it was like a lot to handle. Yeah. That's so intense. How did you process it? I ended up in therapy for a year. It like really, yeah, it did. While I was in therapy, I made the decision to finish school and I ended up back in Chicago. So I guess maybe the breakup led me back to Chicago. Very securitous route, but you made it. Yes, because had I married him, I probably would never have finished my degree and I'd be a housewife and just living in our apartment and drinking Budweiser. All right, Cynthia, do the honors. This is the last one to try. What is this one called? 
Uh, this one's called I Have a Bug Floating in Me. Oh, good. You're really into the bug things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a piece of duh. It's probably my ex. He's listening in. Cynthia's breakup led her back to Chicago in her mid-30s to finish her degree and start on a new path. Mara, my little sister, is on a new path as well. She'll be a junior in college this year, and she's declared psychology as her major. Her professor taught a class about the psychology of breaking up. But she was like, yeah, people that end the relationship themselves have a harder time getting over it because they don't have anything to, like, overcome them. But I, I think I feel worse when I get dumped. I have always felt worse. When I dumped, I was like, oh, I made that decision. It was the right decision yeah. for me, and I am moving really on. happy that I did that. <laughs> Maybe if it's like a longer relationship. I've known Deborah since I was three years old. Our mothers co-taught our church school class. We went to middle school and high school together. This past year, she's experienced a breakup and the start of a new relationship. Your most recent boyfriend, did you break up with him? That guy who lives in your building? He broke oh. up with you? I, I feel like he doesn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't give a shit at all. Because yeah, that was probably... I didn't like and then, him. So do you think he feels worse than you? No, I don't think he cared, but it was hard to tell. I only met him one time in the staircase, and he just seemed, like, oblivious to everything. He was like, hey. And you see the one who had the organs on the wrong side yes. of his body? All of this... It was the same, except it was flipped, because you know how your heart's, like, on the left side? So his was on the right side. And, like, all the organs were flipped. So, like, when the one time he had, like, some ambulance got him for something unrelated, they, like, thought that he was missing a heart. Not really. But the nurse was like, where's your heartbeat? I think something was sticking out of his chest. Wow. Um, and then, like, they put it back in. Really like a bone? I actually think it was a bone, now that I'm saying that, because it was, like, it wasn't, I forget because it, it was a while ago, but because it wasn't. Like, that's, it wasn't, it was an option. And they, his parents asked him when he was, like, 10. And because he made, got made fun of, he made the decision to have the surgery. Like, cosmetically, because... Yeah, and, like, they fixed some of his bones. I mean, it's a thing, I forget how, it's, like, 1 in 10,000 or something, but... But it's not life-threatening, it's just... No, you're more likely to develop certain things, hmm. but... When I, she said organ, I just only thought of a penis. You thought of, like, member. Yeah. Exclusively. I thought, like, the organ. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Well, I guess you don't see the rest of the organs. Yeah. So I thought it was like, you know, the only organ that men care about. Deborah's older sister, Allison, and I worked on our high school newspaper and morning TV show together. I met Cynthia through Allison when they both went to Northwestern and I was teaching in Chicago. She joined us late due to some faulty Google mapping. Yeah, and then I realized that there was another bottle house in yeah. Cleveland Heights. We started heading that way, too. And I was accident. like, no, no, go the other direction. It's grape juice, right? It does. It tastes like grape juice. What I'm is Mara. it? It's I'm Gina's sister. Oh, okay. Hi, I'm Allison. <laughs> I'm Deborah's sister. Yeah, there's big sisters and little sisters here. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be a, a apple juice taste. <laughs> it's a little almost like spicy... Like yeah. mulberry. Oh, yeah, but we think this one's more mulberry-ish than this one, even. I really like that red one. I think I like this. This, I think, tastes like normal, traditional red wine, but I like that one less offensive too. than I usually find traditional red wine. Yeah, because it's made with honey. Part of the reason I was late is my mom and dad got no. involved because no. my husband, Aaron, his passport expires in October, and I mentioned to my parents about, like, well, they already knew, but I re-mentioned to them how I'm going to Amsterdam and Munich, and then... I casually mentioned how Aaron's passport expires in October, which I already know he has to get it renewed because they say it has to be good through however many days after you go. 
And my parents are like freaking out, like sending me and Aaron a thousand texts harassing us. And now Aaron's all anxious. But wait, so he does have to renew or he doesn't? Okay, but Aaron is like a 38-year-old man. Like he doesn't need your mom. Yeah, my psycho parents control us. I'm sure you've been familiarized with my mother through the years at some point. Yeah, Mary, I didn't know that she taught church school with my mom. Yeah, well, she wasn't even school. an idea at that point. That's what I said. She was negative, was seven, negative years seven years old. Years old. At that time. I'm How like, old are you now? I'm 20, but here wow. I'm 22. Sorry, Battle House. I did sneak my underage sister into your fine establishment. Please don't banish me for life. You're getting some good free publicity out of this. Another benefit of being home for so long is connecting with my younger sister. A 10-year age gap means we haven't always seen eye-to-eye and that I missed out on a lot of her growing up. What do you think? What do you think? It has a little bit of, like, a brown taste, too. Like, like earth? Kind of. Yeah, what does brown taste? Like a, not just a sour taste, but some other flavor sensation. You have to visit me at school. This is a big time in my life. I only did to do it for four years my whole life. You have to visit me. I know. Or you could be like me and do it four more times. I feel like you've been no here the last three years. You've never visited her ever? No. Not, not at college. None of my siblings care about me. None of my siblings visit me because they also don't love me. It's far. It was a seven-hour drive. I did come once, and you were in Cleveland. It was Easter. Well, that's Why did you mean OU when she wasn't there? And, because I went for a bachelor party. It's true. Last spring, I drove from Chicago to Athens, Ohio, and Mara wasn't there. I see the injustice through her eyes. But, spoiler alert, we did visit Athens while I was home. We even stayed two nights. We can go down while you're still here for these couple days. For one day. Yeah, let's go, go for one, one night. day. Yeah. A day, a night, drive back in the morning. Okay, let's do it. Let's check on it. We'll you go a, a day, a night. No, Mara's a house. We can just stay at her house. Oh, you have a house there, like, year-round? Well, now. I guess starting now. I've never oh, lived like in it. Oh, like they just bought the condo. I only spent about 30 minutes in it total. But we can just bring down more stuff. Bring you have down. a bed? No, I'm going to take mom's bed and mom's in a new bed. Moving off campus into one's first house or apartment is a huge life change. As the oldest of four, I blaze the trail. And as the youngest, it seems like Mara has it easy. You had a freaking double bed in your house, so but I'm I didn't like, get right. mom's queen bed. Okay, I mean, mom bed, needed her bed at that. that moment. This is a different time in our lives. What are you upset about? I'm getting a bed. Why are you upset about that? Well, it's like me and you. Yeah, that sounds exactly <laughs> like my sister getting mad at me about things. I don't understand what you're I upset. I just feel like you get a lot of stuff that I didn't get. Mom, it's always mom the younger needed, one who gets more than the older mom, one. It's, it's a different anyway. life point. It's, it's a different time when the younger one gets everything more. No, look, I. Mom said I could either have a new bed or she could just give me her bed and she'll get a new bed because she wants a new bed anyway. My, when my sister moved to Chicago after uh, college, my sister was like sleeping <laughs> in my parents' bed. She that stayed they there looking. Like, she, she, was, she was conceived on the bed that she was sleeping in. That's why I was asking. Yeah, that was this a funny. Was like a 30-year-old. That was a funny uh, tidbit. Yeah, that's the bed my that. parents gave her. She told me that, too, the first time I went to your <laughs> so apartment. So do you think you were conceived on the bed that mom's giving you to take to college? That would be so I funny. I feel nauseous, and I'll buy my own bed. <laughs> You've been listening to Saturn Returns. Thanks to Sal, Cynthia, Deborah, Allison, and Mara for sharing your stories. Thanks to Doug for teaching me a little bit about audio editing. And thanks to you for listening. If you like what you hear, download and subscribe on iTunes or at www.reginagbeach.com. 
click on the link for Saturn Returns. You can also like and comment on the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Saturn Returns podcast. See you next time.